It's about as old as I am now. All the shumash of death Jesu and all my man For just saying you survive Now I'll see the man With him means everything to me. Just to know he's there, his hand is leading me. Make a commitment today at the end of service, okay? 
And uh, so we may not have our usual, usual altar service, but we might. We just don't know how the Lord's going to move. But I want you to receive the word with an open heart. And we're going to make some commitments to the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 16 says, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with the sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place. Remember, we preached about the secret place and having a place of prayer. I want to couple with prayer this commandment of the Lord to fast. He didn't say if you fast, but when When you you fast. So your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. There is a reward for fasting. Let's pray together and I'll allow you to be seated. Let's ask the Lord to touch us here today. Father, I pray and call on your holy name right now. I ask that you would touch me. Help me, Lord, to clearly speak your word. I ask that you would anoint your people here today, that you would give us hearts to receive the word. I ask, Lord, that someone that has never made this commitment will make a commitment today that will continue to bless them and to bless your work. I ask that you would call us deeper, myself included, Lord. Let us not be forgetful hearers, but let us be doers of the word. I pray for your spirit to come in here today, Lord. We ask that you would help us, that you would send the comforter, the true teacher, that you would teach us your ways, Lord. Help us to walk in righteousness. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, bless your people. You can be seated. As you can tell, I'm going to be teaching you about fasting today. And I don't know that there's any more unpopular uh, topic that I can teach to you about. How many of you enjoy to fast? My, my, uh, my mother would get tickled telling a story my, from my parents' church. There was a man... And uh, he was he was not especially bright, and I don't mean that unkind. It just adds to the story for you to get the context. And they had a fellow, and he had heard him teaching about fasting. And uh, finally, he came and he said, "I would fast more, but every time I fast, I get so hungry." Well, I'll tell you up front, if you fast, you're going to get hungry. Amen. And if you fast, more than likely you'll get a headache. At least I do every time. Yeah. Uh, and you may not feel good, but it's going to accomplish more than just how you feel in the moment. It's why it's a spiritual discipline. Amen. It's not intended to be pleasant. It's not intended to bless your flesh, but there's a tremendous blessing For your spirit, man. And it is a very biblical practice. We want to be an apostolic church. And what I mean by that is we want to experience what the apostles. And wouldn't you love to have the day of Pentecost in Mariana where 3,000 people are added to the church in one day. And when we see them being baptized in Jesus' name and baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I know the Lord hasn't 
changed. And so it's important that we as the church don't change. We, if we want to get the same results, we need to practice what the apostles practiced. And this is part of what it means to, to be the body of Christ, to be the New Testament church. There are certain disciplines when we follow the example of Christ and of his church. The idea of, of fasting is in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Many people think of it as just an Old Testament practice or something that was done on occasion. Do you realize fasting is mentioned 80 times in your Bible and sure. 20 of those times are in the New Testament? Yeah. And so uh, fasting is a practice of the New Testament church. And before we get into the why of fasting, I just want to discuss a few different types of fast. Um, the, the first is a total fast, and that happens a few times in the scripture. The most radical of all of the fasts is if someone abstains from eating and drinking. And there are occasions where that happens. For example, we'll talk a little bit more about it in our study today. But on the Day of Atonement, the children of Israel would abstain from both food and water. They would have a day where they completely abstain. That was a total fast. We have to be careful. The point of fasting is not to hurt yourself. You're humbling yourself and you cannot survive without food and water for a prolonged period. And so it's, it's not something intended to damage our body. We have to be careful with this. But there were rare occasions where there would be a complete fast. And then the more normal fast that we see in the Bible would be to go without food for a particular period of time. And that can be 24 hours, that can be longer. Uh, there are sometimes we think they would fast from morning to evening. Uh, we're told this specifically in Judges chapter 20, yeah. verse 26. When they went on their fast from morning to evening, they fasted. And there have been times when I went on an extended fast, but um, because of work and other obligations physically, I wasn't able to abstain for that many days. And so I would just go morning to evening. And then throughout the day, my mind's on the Lord and my yeah, heart's amen. on the Lord. And so, again, yeah. the purpose of this is denying yourself and building your spiritual man. Hallelujah. There is nothing immoral or wrong about food, and it, but it's, it's a spiritual exercise. And so there are times if you want to go on a longer fast and you're not physically able to go a full 24 hours or maybe you feel the Lord putting it on your heart to fast for three days or five days and certainly it's okay to just go without food for the entire five days. But if you're not able to do that, Maybe you can go for a period of the day. There may be, I know we have some health issues here, and there may be times when maybe just fasting a meal or, or fasting through the day and eating in the evening, whatever your situation is. But it's about discipline yourself and making a commitment to God. Yeah. There are other times when people fast just a particular item of food or items of food. The most popular right now, the partial fast, it's called the Daniel fast. The Bible doesn't exactly use the term uh, fasting for it, but there are examples of abstaining from certain foods. For example, in Daniel chapter 10 and verse number 3, we find Daniel lists uh, delicate foods that he abstains from, and, and it's a commitment to God. And so sometimes just... Uh, that small sacrifice is enough for you to keep your mind on the Lord. Yeah. My sister, when she was in college, 
uh, she felt very stirred. And she wanted to be a soul winner. And she was on a campus, and there were, if you know anything about college and campuses, many times are very hedonistic. And she was surrounded by people who were blind and lost, and she didn't know how to talk to them about the Lord. And it's easy just to be overwhelmed and not do anything. And so as a constant reminder for mm. herself, she abstained from, from certain drinks and desserts or candies. I can't remember. Something that seems small, but she wanted to make a commitment to God until she won somebody to the Lord. Hallelujah. And it mm. wasn't long until she did. Because daily she had a reminder. I've got a purpose and I've pledged this to That's God right. until yeah. I can make a difference. And she not only began, uh, became a soul winner in her college, they started a campus ministry. And then she went from there and spent several years overseas ministering for the Lord. You just never know. You may start small. Don't despise the day of small things, how that burden will be placed in your heart and how God can magnify that. And so there's great power we see in fasting. So I want to tell you up front if you're not able to go all day or three days or a week, you can do something for God if you'll set your mind to do it. Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> and so there are different types of fast. There are individual fasts. I believe that fasting should be a part of your individual discipline. It doesn't always have to be called from the church. There are also corporate fasting. We see times when the entire nation would turn to God in fasting. We, we see times when the church would fast together. And so today I'm going to ask you to pledge to fast this week. At some point, I'm not going to tell you how long, how many meals, how many hours, but I want to ask us all together to pledge. We're at the start of a new year and Maybe you haven't fasted in a while. I want to ask you to fast today. So up front, I'm telling you where I'm going, okay? We're going to commit to fast to the Lord. Hallelujah. My sister Monique contacted me and asked, are we going to do a Daniel fast? And I said, go ahead, sister, do a Daniel fast. And if you want to do a, a abstaining from food for a period, go ahead and do that. But we are, as the children of God, we're going to humble ourselves and we're going to fast together. And I believe according to the word that God is going to respond to that. We're going to agree together to seek the face of God. And so when we fast, the purpose of fasting again is to deny our flesh and to strengthen our spiritual man. And fasting needs to be done properly. You know, there are some people who fast and they don't accomplish much at all. They fast for the accolades they get from men. They're quick to tell everyone how long they're fasting and how they persevered through it all. Yeah. Uh, there are some who fast for show and their reward is the pat on the back that they give. There are some who fast because they know that they're to fast, so their intention is good, but they settle into just the ritual of fasting. I fast every Wednesday, that's a good thing, or I fast every Tuesday. But it can lose its value if it becomes just a ritualistic practice. Remember, you are fasting so that you can get closer to God and so you can hone your spiritual senses. Um, in Zechariah chapter 7 and verse number 5, we won't read it here, but I just want to reference it. Um, the prophet said, when you fasted, did you really fast for me? He's, he's speaking for the Lord and he says, you fasted as you should, but 
Did you really fast for me? What was the purpose of your fast? David wrote when he fasted that he chastened his soul, that, that he was getting himself right with God. And so when we fast, we don't want it to be an empty ritual, but we want it to be something that is powerful with God. Amen? You're not just going to fast because your pastor asks you to. You're not just going to fast because it's what a Christian should do. But there is a, an intensity of focus that is supposed to accompany this. It should be accompanied by prayer. I'm reminded whenever the Lord was brought to the temple, there was a lady by the name of Anna. And the Bible says that she served God with prayer and fasting. Yes. Do you believe fasting is part of your service to God? Yes. According to the scripture it is. And so how are we serving the Lord? And when is the last time that you fasted? Nehemiah, whenever he called the people to fast, it wasn't just a matter of abstaining from food, but about getting right with God. And so he said, when you fast, you're to confess your sins. And so we, we want to be sure that if we're going to abstain from eating, that it accomplishes something. Yes. I don't want to abstain from gumbo. You know, that's hard for me. Or fried chicken and it not accomplish anything. And so I, I want to be sure that I'm doing it right. Okay, if I teach a little bit today, are y'all still with me this morning? We want to see what the scripture says. Isaiah chapter 58 and verse number three says, Wherefore have we fasted? Say they, and thou seest not. Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest not knowledge? They said, why are we fasting, and we don't have anything to show for it? Why do we fast, and God hasn't turned back to us, and blessed us, and answered our prayers? Behold, in the days of your fast, you find pleasure and exact all your labors. Behold, you fast for strife and for debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast? And an acceptable day of the Lord. The purpose of fasting isn't simply to bring you low and to simply to humble you physically. And yet you continue with strife and debate and you yeah. continue with pleasure and you continue with your labors. And you can fast and, and it won't be anything more than a diet if all that it involves is abstaining from food. He said, you call this a fast? Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. He said, a true fast is going to make you turn to God. Yeah. 
A true fast is going to make you do what's righteous. A, a true fast is when you're giving your efforts so that you can fulfill the ministry of the Lord. If you're going to fast, you might as well serve God. If you're going to fast, you might as well serve your neighbor. If you're going to fast, you might as well serve the body of Christ. It's a time of separating yourself from earthly things and dedicating yourself to the service of God. And that is the fast that the Lord is calling His church to take part in. And so when I ask you to fast today, I'm asking you to have a time in which you abstain from some pleasures and nourishment of your flesh. But it's not just a matter of withholding these things, but also replacing them with something that's good and godly, something that blesses and edifies more than just yourself. Are you going to fast with me, church? Yes. Hallelujah. 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 That's the fast that the Lord has chosen. Fasting brings an urgency in our service towards God. Fasting will bring an urgency in your prayer. Prayer, of course, begins in your heart. And it's a feeling inside of you that makes its way to your mind. As a man thinks in his heart, there's a connection between your inner man and your thoughts. And there's a yearning for the Lord. And so you'll begin to think on the Lord and to yeah. meditate on the Lord. And, uh, and that's not enough. Maybe in the morning, I hope you do, you start your day and my first thought this morning, I began to think on the Lord. and I was laying there in bed and, and blessing the name of the Lord the best I could without waking up my wife. But eventually you're going to have to express that in your with your mouth. Because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth's going to speak. There's a, a certain level of prayer that you're not going to reach by just meditating and silently laying before the Lord. But there comes a time when you've got to have an urgency and you're going to call on the Lord and you're going to open your mouth and you're going to give Him the fruit of your lips. Amen? That's biblical prayer. You begin to speak to God and, and there reaches a place where your words may not be enough. Have you ever prayed and then before long you entered into a time of intercession and groanings come out and we can't even pray as we should and so we begin to pray in the spirit as the spirit begins to help us to pray there is an urgency as you begin to involve more of yourself in seeking after the Lord I, I want you to consider fasting as a companion to prayer it is another way that we can involve our whole person in prayer it's a means to ratchet up the intensity of your prayer. If your prayer life has gotten stale, when's the last time that you fasted in prayer? We see uh, in prayer, repentance, fasting is essential to repentance. Whenever you begin to pray and you truly want to repent from the depths of your heart. Hallelujah. I certainly believe in the power of, of praying and that all of heaven, when you repent, will hear and, and heaven will rejoice with you. And I'm thankful for that. But there needs to come a time in your life if you are truly wanting to turn to God with all of your heart that 
you seek his face in repentance with fasting. I mentioned the day of atonement when the, the priest would go into the Holy of Holies and he would go specifically to offer the blood of a lamb for the sins of the people. And so this was a time of repentance and all of Israel was commanded to fast as they were seeking God and pleading for forgiveness. Yes. You have besetting sins and sins that you can't seem to shake and you can't push away. Maybe you should push away the plague and begin to pray and repent with all of your heart. We see King Saul, whenever he led the nation of Israel in a time of repentance for their idolatry, it says that they drew water and then they poured it out before the Lord and they fasted from food for a day because they said we have sinned against the Lord. When Jonah came to Nineveh and he preached his message about the judgment of God that was to come and it seemed to be certain if the people couldn't find a place of true repentance. They did more than just repeat a prayer that the the preacher told them to say, but there was some works with their faith. They went home and they called a fast. And they put everybody in the city fasted, and even the domestic animals fasted. Everything that could fast, fasted, because they knew that judgment was coming if they didn't turn. And it was a demonstration of the depth of their repentance, and the Lord heard, and he turned from the judgment that was to come. Hallelujah. So if you are praying, you're praying a prayer of repentance, I want to encourage you, if you're having trouble truly turning to God, why don't you repent with prayer and fasting? Yes, amen. Sometimes healing is associated with fasting. In Psalms chapter 35, David says, and he was praying for his enemies. You can see uh, how fasting and prayer would change your heart. And I guess it healed something in David because as he began to pray and fast, he began to pray for his enemies and he particularly prayed for their healing. He saw fasting as part of what it would take to get the attention of God, part of what it would take to get himself in the right place that he should pray as he should. Whatever his motivation, he said he was fasting and praying so that they could be healed. Now, if he could do that for his enemies under the old covenant without the benefit of being filled with the Spirit, how much more should the church of the living God pray and fast, not just for our enemies, but for our brothers and sisters in Christ? How much more should we be motivated to sacrifice one for another because we're all part of the same body? Amen? We've got people in this church who need a healing, and I know you've prayed for them, but I'm asking you this morning, when's the last time that we fasted one for another? When's the last time that you fasted and prayed until you felt heaven Ezra called a corporate fast whenever they were praying for direction. There were 5,000 Israelites that had been in captivity and they had dreamed that the Lord would bring them back. 
back. And, and when it happened, they this was a, a dreamed of journey. This is what they had sought for and asked for. And so it was important when they got there that they stayed in the will of God and in the favor of God. And so he called on them with their thousands of people, 5,000 Israelites. And he said, we're going to have to go before God. And we are going to have to fast. Yeah. So yeah. he called them to this deep place of commitment, just as I'm calling you today. That's where we're going to find favor. Yeah. Esther, <clears throat> is it okay if I just get, I told you it's a Bible study today, so just stay with me. Esther, she was going to have to go before a wicked king whose heart was set on the destruction of her people. He had been deceived and, and how could they overcome their adversary and there was certain fear and trembling and you couldn't come before the king unbidden and so she said if I'm going to go I want some people supporting me and so they asked for the Jews to fast and to pray yeah. and she had favor after the people joined with her in fasting and prayer and the people yeah. of God were spared and after that they celebrated this event and still to this day they do and part of their remembrance is they will fast and celebrate what God did when he responded to the desires the earnest urgent desires of his people yes there's power when you fast there's victory over temptation when you fast remember Jesus, whenever he was tempted by the devil, we, we focused a whole lot on the need to know the scripture because he responded with the scripture. But that's not all he did. Remember, he was in that secret place and he was there and he was fasting for that time. It was in a time of fasting and prayer that the spirit led him there before the tempter ever came. I wonder how much more victory you would have in your life if before temptation came, before the enemy came to try to wreak havoc in your family and in your personal life, if you had been alone with God in prayer and fasting. I wonder how we would be able to withstand the devil and if he would flee from us if we were like our Lord, people dedicated to prayer and fasting. And fasting. He was fasting and he was victorious, and I believe his temptation and his victory is an example for every one of us. Yes. Salvation can come when people fast. The Moabites and the Ammonites joined together to fight against the little nation of Judah. If you'll remember, at this time there was essentially a civil war, and as they were had split the kingdom and you had 10 tribes that had split to form the nation of Israel and you had two tribes that were making the nation of Judah. And when all 12 were together, they had had years of struggling with their adversaries. And sometimes the Moabites would rise up against them and sometimes it was the Ammonites and sometimes it was the Philistines. And this time the Moabites and the Ammonites had joined together. And it wasn't just these nations that had been for so long a thorn in their side, but they had went and recruited others and they came with a massive army and little Judah there with just their couple of tribes and their few people by comparison knew that they could not fight and save themselves. 
where was salvation going to come from? And, and the king was troubled and began to fear. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse number 3 says, um, As the great multitude came before them that Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. He said, I don't know what to do. I need to hear from God. I'm going to fast and you're going to fast with me. Let's seek the Lord together in fasting. And as they fasted and as they prayed and as they sought the face of the Lord, a great assurance came to them. The prophet came and said that he said, listen, all of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. We like to claim that the battle is not ours, but God's. But that word came after they were moved enough to seek God with fasting. If you don't want to fight the battle yourself, how about you choose to fast? If you're tired of always feeling defeated, how about you seek God with an urgency? Hallelujah. How about you put your heart and your mind and your words into it, but put your body into it as well and fast and turn to God with all that you have and you'll find that the battle is not yours and your enemy will be defeated and you'll just go into it worshiping the Lord for His mercy and He'll put entrapments and ambushments upon your enemy and you'll come out of it unscathed. That's the power of a people that will fast. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is power in fasting. We see this even when the disciples came to Jesus and they had a young man that they weren't able to cast a demon out of. And they were troubled because Jesus had to cast it out and they didn't have the ability. And they, when they were in private, you know, sometimes you want to save face. In private, they came to him and they said, why couldn't we do this? And what did the Lord say? This kind come out but by prayer and fasting. Sometimes we don't see the demonstration of God because we don't pray. And other times we pray but we don't fast. There are some things that need an urgent prayer and fasting if we're going to see God move. There is power in a church that fasts. Can I ask you again, when's the last time that you truly fasted and you sought God in fasting? Hallelujah. Has it been this week? Has it been this month? What about last year? Did you fast or did we go a full year trying to serve God without fasting? Prophet Joel, Prophet Joel was speaking in a very difficult time and in some ways I guess it parallels our time today. Do you realize that we need revival? Amen. I mean our city desperately needs revival. Financially, spiritually, the city of Mariana needs light to shine in darkness and light to shine among people that are dead. Amen. Amen. Dead in their sins and dead in their trespasses without any hope. We need light to shine, but not just our city, across our nation. We are seeing troubling times and we are seeing 
terrible signs of judgment and we're struggling financially and, and, and people are fearing what's going to come tomorrow. And it's very much the same for the prophet Joel. And he is prophesying to a people who have seen what once was a time of abundance. But now it seems that God is against them and nothing is going their way and that their crops have failed them and their financial system has crumbled around them. And there is an army that's raising up against them and, and so what will tomorrow hold and there are some people who are responding to the trouble by simply ignoring it and there are some people who are responding to the trouble by trying to drink themselves numb to it read the yeah. book yourself you'll see it's very much like what's happening to the trouble in our day yeah. and so what's the man of God going to say when an enemy has risen up, when joy has withered away, he speaks to the ministers first. The Lord is speaking to me today and he tells the ministers to wail before the Lord yeah. and to lie all night in sackcloth. We're going to take some people that are willing to pray. And then he says in verse number 14, consecrate a fast yeah. and call a sacred assembly. Gather the elders. And then he tells them to cry out to the Lord. That's what I'm trying to do this morning. Hallelujah. I'm trying to consecrate a fast. I'm trying to gather the elders together. The people of God. And we're going to cry out to the Lord with fasting. We have backsliders who need to be back in the church. Amen. There are prodigals who've been away from God for many years. It's time that the church humbles themselves with prayer and fasting. There are some who've never heard this glorious gospel. God, open their ears and open their eyes and open a door that we can go through. We're going to consecrate a fast for the people of God. And we've got the ear of the God of heaven. I want to pray with urgency. I want to see a move of God in our day. Time that we fast. It's time that we pray. After this time, Joel chapter 2 and verse number 12 says, Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all of your heart with fasting. fasting. Have you turned to God with all of your heart? This is what the Lord meant when he said, Turn to me with all of your heart with fasting. And with weeping and with mourning. He said, rend your heart and not just your garments. Return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful. Slow to anger and of great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. To turn to God, it's more than just putting on a show of repentance. It's more than just saying that I'm sorry. But you've got to put your very heart, your very being, your very person into it. And so there is a time of weeping and a time of mourning and a time of fasting. And we turn to God with all of our heart because if the church won't turn to God with all of their heart, how can we expect the world to? Can I ask you again, when's the last time you really fasted? Not just push the plate back, but really fasted with your mind set on the Lord, seeking his kingdom, seeking his will, seeking his face. Are we serving God with all of our heart? He 
said, if you will turn to God with all of your heart, he's going to hear. And, and this is what we're told as you read through here in Joel chapter 2, what happens when people begin to pray and to fast. It says that the Lord is going to be zealous for you. You start showing zeal for the Lord. You won't outgive him. He's going to be zealous for you. Amen. You draw near to him and he's going to draw near to you. It says when you begin to seek God with your all your heart, with zeal and fasting, that God will be zealous for his people. And God will pity his people. And God will answer his people. And God will remove the threat from his... I wish somebody would receive it this morning. And God will heal their land and... God will bring abundance and God will end the drought and the former and the latter rain will come together and the floors and the mats will be filled with abundance. All of that is God's response to people who are willing to fast. You mean if I fast for a short time, I'll have abundance that lasts? Absolutely. It'll be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over with the measure that you do it. It's going to be measured back to you, but with the abundant grace of God. And so if we will fast, we will see blessings come down from heaven. Amen. It was more than just financial blessings, more than just healings of their body, more than just an overflow, but a restoration from the wicked years. And, and most important of all, this should be dear to every one of our hearts in Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Speaking of people who are fasting now, it's the result of fasting. There is a promise that is given to the people of God. He said, if my people can learn to fast, it shall come to pass afterward." After seeking with all your heart, after praying and fasting, after rending your heart, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Is that ringing a bell with anyone? And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men are going to dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. This is the very verse that Peter quoted on the day of Pentecost. There's something that happens when people get together in prayer and fasting. Disciples had been up in the upper room getting in one mind and one accord seeking the Lord. I believe there was prayer going on and I believe there was fasting that was happening. And that's how the day of Pentecost came. And that's how we'll experience it in our day as well. Amen. By fasting. It's part of your service to God. It's part of your worship to the Lord. It's not just an Old Testament practice. It's not even a ritual. But it's something we do from the heart as unto God. Yes. In Acts chapter 13. This will be my last passage. We're told that whenever they were sending out the ministry. Whenever they were sending out Paul. That they began to pray and to fast. And it says here, let's read verse number 2. Acts chapter 13, verse number 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, again, having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. 
They were going to be anointed to reach the lost. There needed to be a time of prayer and of fasting. If we're going to serve God as we should, we're going to have to pray and fast. And it says, as they ministered unto the Lord. Many translations translate that as they worshipped the Lord. It was a part of their worship. I'm worshiping the Lord in prayer and fasting. And then God begins to put a call and give direction and give anointing and give power. It's part of our worship to God. And when you worship the Lord, you just never know what's going to come out of it. They were worshiping the Lord and God gave him direction and sent a missionary to the Gentile people. God sent a missionary to reach unchurched people. And out of that came a church that we're a part of all these years later because there were a people that prayed and fasted. Paul, whenever he first was blinded, how did he respond? He prayed and fasted and he was commissioned that he was going to be a missionary in response to his seeking God when he prayed and fasted. And here, once again, as they're sending them out, they're praying and fasting. It's just what worshipers do. I worship with my prayers and I worship with my singing and I worship with my giving and I worship by trying to live godly. Amen. And I also worship by dedicating myself to fast. Yeah. And so what about your worship today? Are we withholding the worship he deserves? When, church, is the last time that you really fasted? Hallelujah. 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 We read from Isaiah and I hurried through it, but I want to remind you that the Lord was saying, is this the fast that I've chosen, that I've called you to? Did you know God calls his people to fast? Yes, he does. So if you're going to answer his call, someone's got to say, Lord, I'm going to make a sacrifice for you. Lord, I'm going to make a commitment for you this week, this month, one day, every day of the week, all year, however you want to do it. I don't have particular direction what we're to do, but I feel very strongly that I need to consecrate a fast. We're going to pledge ourselves. I want us to take a moment to pray. And I want you to be very sensitive to the Lord here. I'm not... I told you we're not going to have our usual altar call on Sunday morning. We're going to seek God in a different way. I want you to get in your prayer closet for a moment. Get where you hear the voice of God. You can come to the front. You can kneel at your seat. You can move if you need to separate yourself from everyone else. But I want us to take a time to pray. And I want you to ask the Lord to give you personal revival this year, to give revival to your family and ask the Lord to quicken your heart, to make a commitment to fast. What would God have you to do and how can we serve him by fasting? Maybe it's something you can give up. Maybe there's a time where you need to take a radical fast. Maybe you need to have a day of no food or water. Or maybe just the typical fasting of food. Maybe for a day. Maybe you can go two or three. Maybe someone can fast a week. Maybe it's just morning to evening. Or maybe there's something in your life that you can give up and deny your flesh. Maybe it's a particular item of food. Or maybe it's one meal out of the day. I want you to seek the Lord. I'm not telling you what to do today. I don't have that direction for you. But I want you to seek God and say, Lord, I'm seeking you with all of my heart. And I want to make the sacrifice and give something to you that you'll receive. Would you pray right now? Would you pray right now? Find a place and pray until you feel like you have heard from the Lord.
Sacrifice for you, Lord. Teach us to be obedient. What you want me to Hallelujah, mighty God.